Abraham said this. He said, "He can only use what you surrender to him." Amen. Hallelujah. Good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. 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 So love you with all of our hearts, and so thrilled in so many ways to to be hearing all these announcements going on. I'd like to announce to you that there's a rapture that's in progress. Amen. They can have the parking. They can have the building. Amen. They can have it all. That's right. Amen. Actually, the Jews will be the ones that will take care of all of the, all the handiwork around, and the bride will be sitting at the Mary Supper, Supper of the Lamb. And we'll look across at one another. By his grace we made it. Amen. You love the Lord tonight? Amen. And any good to us? Amen. Amen. Just a special day to be in the presence of the Lord, isn't it? Yes. Amen. God bless you. I sure hope you enjoyed last night. Amen. I, I sure I sure enjoyed it myself. And some things that happened here toward the end of the service was just really special. And if you, if you caught it, it was kind of special to you. I think it was a special at your house, Brother Don. Stephanie, it was a special birthday God gave you last last night. Amen. Uh, somebody asked me today, said, did you know that was a twin's birthday? And I said, no, I didn't know that, but God did. So, amen. I remember, I remember Brother Tom Brown was speaking with Brother Branham on the phone, and, and uh, they were talking. He said, would you, would you like to tell Sister Brown it's it's her birthday. Would you like to tell her happy birthday? And I said, I sure would. So Brother Brown got on the phone with her. He said, God bless you, Sister Brown. He said, this might be a little bit of importance to you, but when I was beyond the curtain of time, I saw you. Oh, yeah. I tell you what, that would be a good enough birthday present that you could Whatever it would be, I, I, I would take care of that. Amen. God bless you. If you will turn with me your scriptures to Psalms 139 tonight. Now tonight is going to be a little bit of a different sort of a service. I'd like for you to I'd like for you to realize that when God speaks to our hearts it's really not the voice of a man it's the voice of God and as a shepherd sometimes a, a shepherd is watching and he cares for his flock and he loves them with all of his heart and then when the Lord drops something in your heart I was just overwhelmed when he dropped this. I would like for this to go live on the internet if you would like to do that tonight. And uh, I just feel like this is going to be a special night. I'd like to speak to you on can anyone hear me? Can anyone 
David in Psalms 139 and verse 1. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down sittings and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compasseth my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. What a statement. For there is not a word in my tongue, but, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before, and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, and I cannot attain to it. Whether shall I go from thy spirit, or whether shall I flee from thy presence? I want you to just listen to these next words. If I send up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. And if I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee. But the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. For thou possessest my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. That's just total honesty. And in thy book, all my members were written, which as continuance were fashioned, when as yet... There was none of them. How precious are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. What a powerful, powerful scripture. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we love you with all of our hearts tonight. And Lord, I just ask you that you would anoint our hearts in a special way. Lord, the pre-service has been awesome. And Lord, we just ask you that as we come now, Lord, we're asking for rain on the outside, but may it rain on the inside tonight, Father. Come and fill our cups, Lord Jesus. Lord, we just ask you to minister to our needs tonight. You have dealt with this in a special way, and we ask you now that you'd come and speak to our hearts in Jesus Christ's name. Amen and amen. You can be seated. Psalms chapter 42 and verse 1. This is familiar to you. As a heart panteth for the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, 
oh God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God, when I shall come and appear before him. Brother Branham would liken this panting for the water brook as a deer. Panteth. It's life and death if it don't get water. A deer screaming for water. It's life if it can get to it. Tonight I want to scream to some dear saints. It's life if you can get to it. My tears have been my meat day and night. They have continually say unto me, where is thy God? When I remember these things, I, I pour out my soul in me for I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God and the voice of joy and praise and the multitude that kept holy day. Notice these next words. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. O my God, O my soul that is cast down within me, therefore will I remember thee in the land of Jordan and the Hermites and the heel of Mizar. Deep calleth unto the deep at the noise of thy water spouts. All thy waves and billows are gone over me. Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime and, and in the night his song shall be with me and my prayer unto God of my life. And I will say unto God of my rock, Why hast thou forgotten me? Think about what he is going through to be able to write this song. Why go I mourning? Because of the oppression of, my, of, the, of the enemy. As with a sword in my bones, mine enemies reproach me while they daily say daily unto me, Where is thy God? Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God and my God he's not your God until you make him your God Genesis chapter 3 and verse 5 this is a very powerful portion of scripture it will be part of the redemption for God doth know that in the day that you eat thereof. Then your eyes shall be open and you shall be as gods. Knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food. That it was pleasant to the eyes and the tree to be desired to make one wise. She took the fruit thereof and, and did eat. And gave also unto her husband with her. And he did it. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. 
I want you to just notice these next words. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden of the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves in the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? Where art thou? I'd like to take you to when before that there was even a man on the earth. When a, when a being that was created even co-equal except for in creation. His name was Lucifer, the son of the morning. And he deceived a, a third part of the angels that was in heaven with his tail and with his making himself God. And he was cast from that place into this realm of earth. Cast here. It never moved God. God never moved in the act of redemption. He never moved out of that spot in the act of redemption. But when one son fell, when one son fell, millions and billions of angels fell and was cast into another realm. Never moved God. It never moved God. But when one son, how important is one? Are you with me? How important are you tonight? In God's great book, your name is there. Just as important as Adam. One, one son of God fell in the Garden of Eden. God came running through the garden. Come running through the garden. Adam, where art thou? Adam hid himself. It's interesting that man hides himself from the only source of life that there is. He is the only source of life. He's the only source of eternal life. Are you with me now? <clears throat> Many times the enemy, when he deceives you and pulls you aside and begins to whisper in your ears, he wants to isolate you away from the presence of God. And that's the last thing that we should do. I heard the voice in the garden. I was naked and hid myself. David would write it like this in 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 12. And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and have chosen this place to myself for a, a house of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven and there be no rain or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people. If my people, notice these words. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face 
and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. What a powerful scripture. Romans chapter 6 and verse 12. Paul would say it like this. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. Somebody's going to be king. Somebody's going to be king. No man can serve two masters at the same time. Somebody's going to be the king of your life. I choose King Jesus. I'd like to have a vote tonight. I choose King Jesus. Hallelujah. In that spot, he's never failed me. He's never made a promise that he couldn't keep. Man make promises and man makes all kind of boasts, but God never misses. Are you with me? Never forgets a promise. Are you with me? And he's got the assets in the bank to take care of every need. The scripture says, my God shall supply all. I saw Andrew in the back raise up a prayer list. I raised up a prayer list this last week at Brother Joe Green's and some of your names was on it. And uh, I raised that up. Let me just say this to you. That's a prayer list that God can handle. I, I just encourage you, make a list. Raise it before a God that can handle your list. There's nothing that you can fathom in your imagination that God can't take care of. Are you with me now? Neither yield your, ye your members. That's your eyes, your ears, your tongue, your thoughts. Neither yet yield ye your instruments as of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God. The, the eyes that you have, turn them eyes. Turn it to Jesus Christ. The ears, I heard Brother Andrew last week, our ears are not trash cans. Our ears are not trash cans. They're, they're not a place to where that, that you need to hear everybody's problems. And it used to be inquiry. There was an inquiry magazine. It may be still out there. But today it's blogs, Facebooks, and Instagrams, and all kind of media that comes your way. And it seems like people want to dump. I don't, I don't get involved in those things. But it seems like people just want to dump all of their issues and all their problems and their bad days. Let me just say this to you. Lift up your eyes. Hallelujah. Well, I'm afraid somebody will rain on my parade. Let me just say with Jesus. With Jesus, every day is a sunshiny day. <laughs> Come on. As those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Say, Brother Ron, God brings rain, God brings sunshine, God brings all different kinds of things. 
Let me just say this to you. He knows the seasons, but if Jesus is going to rain on me, I'll take all of his blessings. They call them angel tears. I'll take them. For sin hath no, not, shall not have dominion over you. I like that. Let's just say it how it is. As a Christian, sin does not reign over me. Sin is not my boss. Sin's not my boss. Hallelujah. Sin's not my boss. For ye are not under the law, but under grace. I love that, don't you? I just absolutely love that with all my heart. Now, I've, I've lived different cycles or, or different levels in my life, and I'll just, I'll just share this with you for the carnal realm just for a moment because sometimes that's where we are, and then sometimes we get lifted as the service goes on. But I remember when I first worked and I was first in a situation to where I, I was just one of the boys that was working in the, in the Radford Arsenal. I would hear people's murmuring and complaining and their fussing and all of their griping and I'd hear those things but I just went about doing my job. And I'd hear them talk about the bosses and you know everything was the boss's fault and everybody, every, it was the company's fault but, but I always, I've always had this mentality. If they didn't need me to work, they would have not hired me. They don't need me for my looks. I'm going to preach to you. You might as well. You came in. You sat down. You're ready. They don't need you just because of your physical form. You're there to do a job. In our media today, we, we have sports stars that complain about they're only making 20 million a year. Or three million a year, and they're they're sacrificing their body, and and they just won't play unless they they get more money. It'll only put them further in hell. They've sold themselves to slavery. You see, slavery is not done. They complain about Thomas Jefferson owning slaves. Yet he writes uh, he writes that every man should be free. And there's all kind of warriors about that now. Slavery is not a it's not a race deal. Slavery's not a race deal. It's a human deal. And I would say tonight that probably a good amount of you are slaves to even debt. You knew I'd come to your house. A credit card can make you a slave. A nice car can make you a slave. A nice house can make you a slave. Uh, a tent can make you a slave. A fishing pole can make you a slave. A rifle can make you a slave. strategically wanting you to get this. I want you to understand slavery takes on many forms. 
We think of slavery in the Old Testament when the Jews became slaves to the Egyptians. But if you remember, it was the Egyptians that had them hired out at first to build their cities. If you remember, the Jews had the best land in Egypt. If you remember, there was always light in Goshen. They had the most fertile fields because remember there was a blessing. Their father Abraham sat down with the king of Jerusalem and he commanded a blessing on them wherever they were. So even in slavery in Egypt, they had all the blessings. Are you with me? So people can sit right in church and be slaves to sin. Many times it's secretly and and it's very just because of this realm of of everything that we're involved in today, many times people can live undercover sin that even their mates don't know about. But let there be light. May the God of the garden of your life come None of us want our name called out. I believe God did a very, was a nice way that he dealt with Brother Donnie last night. Maybe for some of you as an audience, you've seen the dead raised. You've seen incredible miracles as an audience. For Brother Donnie last night, God just reminded him that he was going to pay all debt. And he had him in his mind. Yet Satan wars, making offers, even offers to where in our thoughts, it seems enticing, and can we do both? Now let me just say this to you. That's not just to Brother Donnie or to one of you. Brother Branham had to deal with that. Brother Branham wanted to get away from the pressures of people. He enjoyed the Northwest Territories of Canada. And he preaches a couple of sermons. One of them, a man running from the presence of the Lord. Why does a man want to get in a cabin thousands of miles away from anybody else? Maybe take his wife there and his children there knowing they can't prosper in that kind of an atmosphere. But he can get away from the pressures of humanity. He enjoys not having to change his clothes and not have to take a bath and enjoys hunting and he enjoys being a, a man of man's. When you hear Brother Ram talking about a real man, it's not a man of great stature, a man with big muscles. Brother Ram walks into a restaurant and he hears a man sneeze and he said, that's a real man. Here's Brother Branham has already saw the little boy in Finland come back to life. He has seen the, the girl in Jonesboro, her blind eyes come open, and I'm going to mention even her and Georgia Carter. He has, he has witnessed some of the most phenomenal teachings of the scriptures come open to the Gentile bride, and yet he wants to be an Old Testament prophet and come down out of the mountains when God speaks to him and tell the people then, then go back. And God has to stop him. 
and tell him if you do what your plan is, your wife will leave you, your children will leave you, and I'll leave you. Now I ask you the question. God left Brother Branham? Can you pick it up anywhere in the sermons where he said, I, I didn't feel the anointing for six months? I've been a listener for all these years. I, I, I don't believe I, I, I don't believe I can find it. But he had to press forward. I'm saying these things for a reason. Sometimes it seems like God's a million miles away. That don't mean you quit. That don't mean you come to a spot so I throw my hands up and I'm done here. You press on. If you remember where Brother Random said that spot was, he said there was a girl that, 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 that he prayed for and he thought she would get well. And that girl died. And he told God, you owe me an apology. Have you ever had a prayer that you thought didn't work out like you thought it would and you get mad at God? Well, you're not on your own. You're not on your own. You're not by yourself at times. God, you owe me an apology. And he said, he left me. He left me. He was teaching his prophetess a lesson. I'm the boss. I'm the boss. I'm the boss. It's when we think we're the boss. I'm preaching to Laodicea here. People's rights. They protest over everything in the world. Everybody's willing to raise up a sign or fuss or, or do this or do that or the end of the day he's a boss he's a king and we're servants God spoke to him and after about six months he, Brother Bram says about six months he said God showed him that a year before this girl's sickness that girl was drowning and here's my sermon. And she screamed for help. And in her scream for help, God heard her prayer. And God rescued her. It wasn't her time yet. It wasn't her time yet. In the condition that she was in, she was not ready to make heaven her home. But a year later, she had had things prepared. Are you with me? Brother Branham baptized a man that was a smoker of cigarettes. And, and people in his congregation got all excited and all upset. And they said, you baptized a man that was unsanctified and, and he wasn't living right. He said, you're not God. Oh, 
oh, Brother Ron, but this or that. Let me just say, God sees way beyond our mortal eyes. I'm really thankful for that. The scripture said that his mercy endureth forever. His mercy endureth forever. His mercy endureth forever. Paul says it like this, O wretched man that I am. Who shall so deliver me from, the, from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind I myself served the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. The next scripture he writes, therefore there is now no condemnation. We're not Catholics. We don't beat ourselves every day. We don't send ourselves through purgatory over and over again. We purge out the sin of our lives. We deal with it as it, as it comes up, but we'll not let it rain over top of us. It doesn't give us a license to go back and do it over and over and over again. To them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. For the law, of the, the law of the spirit of life is in Christ. And Jesus Christ says, Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Isaiah would say it like this, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips. And I dwell amongst the people of unclean. And God, the angel of God, took the tongs of the coal from off the altar and laid it upon him. And he would then write a commentary of the entire Bible. Why? Because he was living amongst unclean people? No, because God touched him. Jeremiah 17 and verse 14 says, Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved. For thou art my praise. Psalm 6 verse 2, have mercy upon me, O, o, o Lord, for I am weak, O Lord. Heal me, for my bones are vexed. Psalms 91 and verse 1, you hear it almost every service. He is my refuge and my fortress, O my God. In him will I trust. I love this scripture. 2 Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 15. And I'm just going to jump down in the middle of it. Thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid, nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours. Are you with me? For the battle is not yours, but God's. Where do I get in trouble fighting my own battles? Where do you get in trouble? Brother Nathaniel, do you ever get in trouble because you fought your battles and then God whipped you because you fought your battles and he told you, it's, it's my battle. That ever happened to you? Ever happened to you?
Boy, you ended on something so simple last night, uh, raising a white flag. Yep. And it's the first Christian principle of the Christian. It's surrender. Raising your hands before God is a sign of surrender. But don't forget it. Just because you surrendered 40 years ago don't mean you need to not need to do to do it today. Verse 17 of that same chapter, ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourself and stand ye still and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not. For gospel lighthouse, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. Ron, I got a difficult week like laying ahead of me. Well, at this point, you just stop and thank God that God's got this service designed to let you know you're not alone. Whatever your business, whatever your, your hospital, whatever your situation, you're not alone. Young people, when you go to school, you're not alone. I'm the only one in my school. You're forgetting the picture. In another realm stands thousands of angels at charge to watch over the deposited seed of God. I'm the only one in my school dresses like that. Hallelujah. He didn't have to put a thousand people around you to prop you up and make everything easy for you. God's got confidence in you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I want to remind you of a scripture, young people. No weapon that is formed against thee. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue that shall stand that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. Don't you kid yourself. Words sometimes pierce it even to your heart and you remember that for years down the road. Somebody tell you you're fat and you're obese, you'll remember that person the rest of your life. You're ugly, you're nasty, you're all different kind of things. Those words pierce even into your heart and you may act like I bounced that off. You're real, you're a human being. Pinch yourself if you don't think. Am I talking to the right audience here? Brother Ron, but I just can't hold my tongue. Sometimes nasty things come out. The reason nasty things come out is because there's not a Holy Ghost ranking down on your heart and nasty things come from nasty fountains. Somebody help me preach. Nasty things come from nasty fountains. And the reason little words seem to just slip out of your mouth because the real king is not on your heart. Get born again. Brother Ron, my temper gets way out of control. Go on your knees. 
It's hard for your temper to get out of control on your knees. I went to a place one time and God spoke to me to preach on the autopsy of a dead church. You know, some sermons are difficult to, to preach. Some sermons are, are sometimes you, you just walk to the pulpit and you go, well, Lord, here it is. And I preached to about 40 people with an audience, with a building structure that would seat about 400. I preached. I didn't know anybody but the pastor. I preached. At the end of that sermon, one man made his way to the altar. I'm not going to call his name. I spent about an hour praying with that man. felt led to stay I got done most of the people were gone I walked into the pastor's study the pastor was sitting at the desk and he was he was back in his chair and he had his hands behind his head and he was appalled he was literally appalled he just didn't know what to make of it I went in the washroom changed my shirt Walked out. I was driving home. It was a, about a 12-hour drive home. <clears throat> he looked up at me and he said, you don't know who you just prayed for for an hour. I said, I don't care. One of the richest men I've ever known in my life, I'm talking about money, real money, real money. But he needed God. It didn't matter that he owned a bunch of companies. That don't matter to me. It shouldn't matter to you. God's no respecter of person. But he said in a service of about 40 people, that man became one of my biggest friends in my life. He's gone now. But he became one of my biggest friends. I'd go preach in the area and he sat right beside of me. Because he could go back to a night where I preached a sermon and it didn't matter what his status was or what his financial condition is because let me just say it don't matter what your name is your status is Brother Branham in all of his busyness of life reminds himself ourselves of when he was a 14 year old boy he got shot And here's what his first statements are 
And I want some things to just stick with us. And after the vision struck me, I was so weak. I'd lost all that blood and I went to, I was sinking into an endless eternity. Many of you have heard me tell this before. And sinking into an endless eternity. Many of you, he said, I, I was going through like clouds, then through darkness, and sinking on down, 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 down. And the first thing you know, I got to the regions of the lost, and I screamed. And I looked everywhere, just everything, and there was no foundation to it. I could never stop falling a few years ago I fell 40 feet and I fell on concrete and I still suffer from anxiety of that falling because I will experience it and I'll catch myself whether I'm driving down the road or I'm, I'm going through a normal day all of a sudden I'm falling and I can't catch myself you see, even in 40 feet, there's nothing to grab a hold of. Just nothing to grab a hold of. I cannot imagine falling, 40, falling through an endless eternity. Folks, you don't have to go to hell. I don't, want, I don't think I've got a worse enemy, but I don't want even my enemy. I don't want nobody to experience 10 minutes of hell. Billy Andrews would say this. If we could have a glimpse of hell and maybe hold you over it for a few seconds, we'd have the greatest altar called in the world. But God don't scare you to an altar. God pulls you to an altar. Brother Branham sees things there that no person should have to hear. He hears screams. He hears oohs and ahs. And he sees the hairstyles of today and the painted faces of today. And, and remember, everybody in hell is naked. And remember, everybody in hell is in the body that they sinned in. No parties, no friends. There's not a friend in hell. Get aside from the illusion. You, you, you must stand before an angry God that turned, you've turned down his mercy. But I want to scream to you tonight. No matter where you're at in life and no matter how sin's got a hold to you and lied and trapped you and enslaved you and you think you've got to stay there, you don't have to stay there. Get up. Oh, I wish so-and-so was here. I do too. I wish this person was here to hear that. I do too. I wish that I could preach to the world now.
I was at the fair Friday. And someone called me their pastor. They don't dress like it. It didn't give me a license to, to treat them bad. I treated them good. Someone asked me, said, what do you think? I said, I pray that there's a merciful God. Thinking about this sermon tonight, what would you trade with your soul? What would you trade your soul for? Temporary pleasure? Another man, another woman? Let me just say, if you trade your soul, you're going to be real disappointed. Another man snores like the man you had before snores. Other men have other mistakes. Why would you? I don't care if it's Miss America. She's ate up with worms. 24 hours after she dies, she's full of worms, baby. Marilyn Monroe's of this world, they go to a coroner's office. But in hell, if she could look back, she'd like to get the adultery that's still going on against her to stop. Jesus said the rich man in hell, he wanted to come back and evangelize his brothers. Brother Homer, one of his favorite subjects, he said, if I could only go back, if I could only go back, There's things that haunt me as a preacher. Haunt me. Voices that haunt me. <clears throat> now I'm preaching from my heart. If I could save them, I would. If you could, you would. I want to make a statement here. We can go to a funeral homes and say, I, pr I pray they're in a better place. And I pray they are. But there's a reality here. If you're not born again, I don't care what the last name is. There's a little girl in Milltown that lived with a family that didn't believe God would heal. She went to a church that didn't believe God healed. She had been because her uncle molested her as a little girl. It left a disease on her. And that disease crippled that little girl. 
And she laid in bed for almost 10 years. About the ninth year, three years after doctors said they couldn't do no more for her, she was weighing about 37 pounds. She was in a condition to where that they no longer cleaned her body, but they put rubber sheets under her and she excreted from the herself and they would change the rubber sheets and leave her in that putrefied condition. But somebody gave her a book. Somebody gave her a book. And in that weakened condition, she read that God's a healer. I want to pull some things for you. Brother Branham said, when I was in hell, I screamed. And there was no daddy. There was no mama. The girl in Jonesboro, she's screaming out amongst that crowd, where's my daddy, where's my daddy? Grabbed a hold of Brother Branham's lapels and said, if you can get me to the healer, I can find my daddy. Are you with me? You may not have the strength to scream tonight. But is there anybody that can hear Is there anybody can hear my cry? Brother Ron, you don't know my situation. When I hear, when I go in a nursing home and I hear old people screaming, help me, help me, somebody help me. Nurses can't fix that. Doctors can't fix that. But there's a God. There's a God that hears. There was a woman sitting in a prison house and she'd been invited to a church meeting and the preacher preaches seemingly to like to an audience that didn't respond. And finally toward the end of the service, a man screams, Savior, please don't pass me by. And a woman that was blind penned a song, Savior, Savior. Blind Fanny Crosby penned that song and it's been sung millions and millions and millions of times. She never made a dime on it in her life. But there's a reward that's going. I'm going to ask this audience honestly, have you ever been to a spot where it seemed like nobody could hear you. Then this sermon is for you. Last night was the platform and tonight's the sermon. Then this sermon's for you. 
Now you see, to walk this road, you've had to live this road. And I understand being a spot because choices made me to the spot that I was. And I was in the bottom doing drugs. And it looked like there was no way out. And I heard a voice that asked me, where are you? And I responded to that voice. And I said, Lord, if it's you, help me to get out of this. In 24 hours, God opened the door. And I left all my belongings and I left and I went out. Come on, church. Somewhere down the road, I heard a voice. And it was more than my mom and daddy. It was God. God came to me when I had, when I had put myself When I put myself in some situations that I shouldn't be in, let me say, let the voice from this pulpit scream out. God says, I hear you. You know the vision. You know the fulfillment. But somewhere another girl, a girl laid there over nine years and she had wrung the varnish off of the post of the bed. Beyond desperation, the critical pain and weighing 37 pounds at that point, it seemed like no hope was there. But God sent a prophet that would preach such phenomenal things in life and stand in phenomenal pulpits. God remembered a voice in Milltown. Are you with me now? That woman never became rich. That woman never lived in a mansion. But God raised that woman back up to health. And she lived an old age. Some of your family lives very close to her. I don't know if you even know that or not, Brother William. But some of your family actually lives right. You're actually going pretty close to where she lived. She'll never make the who's who. She probably never hardly made minimum money. But God remembered. I want to read one, one quote to you. Brother Brown says, and I looked back there, and I said, here a few days ago, I was down there, and I looked at that little old bed. She took me in to show it to her. There she was, where the paint was rubbed off all the rounds. And right there, where year after year laying, hollering, crying, begging. Holding on to that, rubbed the paint off of her bedpost. But God heard her cry, no matter. What she was raised in. God will move. You just sit still and let God do it. Have faith in Him, He'll work it out. 
little woman was dying. She knew he was God. As the barrel went down and down and down and circumstances got worse and worse all the time. But God was letting it get that way. He loves to do that. He loves to put your faith to a test to see how you'll act on it. And let you be anointed and prayed. And then make it worse. Come on, Satan. Put him to a test. I know he believes me. Bless God forever, oh my. Put him to a test to know. I know. I know he took my word for it. Could he say that about you? He said that about Job. Do anything to him you want to. But don't take his life. For I know he loves me. He made a burnt offering. He made his requirements. He did it and I told him and he believes it. Roll him over in the coals if you have to. He, he took everything away from him and God doubled it when he gave it back to him. He puts your faith to a test to see if you really believe that he is God. That little woman no doubt said, I prayed and I prayed and I know I'm an unworthy Gentile. And you remember Jesus spoke of her in the Bible and he said, wasn't, he said, wasn't there many widows in the days of Elijah? But he sent, only sent him to one. And she was a Gentile. He said, I prayed. And maybe when he seen that last little cake and death had already entered into the gate and come to the door, one little bite of cake apiece and she and her son would have died. And I can see her all night praying. Hot winds are blowing and earth parched and people crying and screaming in the streets. And she walked around through the house and looked at her little bitty boy, looked at his pajamas and they were all out and his little feet sticking out and looked at his hands and walked back and forth and said, I know that he's God and I've made him my confession. I've done other things that he's required and I'm asking him for our lives, for his glory. God seen her. few more minutes Lazarus come forth he spoke and a dead man come forth not can I he just spoke when faith is met the thing happened he speak he spoke the blind saw the lame walked the deaf heard the demon screamed and come out and the devil the deads was raised up and everything why he didn't have to pray through he was anointed the messiah he was that Messiah. He knew he was. He knew his position. He knew what he was to sent for. He knew that the Father had identified him to be the Messiah, to be a believer. And when he met the believer with faith, he just spoke the word and devil scattered. He knew his God-given rights. He knew who he, what he was. Moses had forgot. Samson understood understood, others understood, Joshua understood, Moses forgot God had called him his attention why are you crying out to me I sent you to do the job speak and go to your objective I told you you'd come to this mountain take care of them children and lead them on, just speak I don't care what's in your way, move it out of your way I give you authority to do it 
you spoke flies, fleas, and creation and things like that. Now what are you hollering to me about? Why are you coming to me hollering these things? Speak and move forward. Jesus prayed, Father, not my will, but thy will be done. If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. He knew that Papa God would leave him and he would die as a man. And he realized that every devil in hell was going to cross their guns at him. And he screams, according to the scripture, and requotes it Why hast thou forsaken me? I want to answer that for you tonight. I'm the reason. I want to answer that for you tonight. Why did he go to Calvary? Why did he do that? Let me just say how how shaken it was. The earth went into convulsions. Boulders all the way across to the earth rolled over. The moon, the sun refused to shine. The temple was rent and trained to show them that God's not inside of your temple of tradition. He's hanging on a tree. a service like this as I was studying over the last few days this quote kept coming back to me Brother Branham is in prayer for a person with heart condition and a nervous condition Remember, get past, get past the man. And God has seen an individual. This is going to be repeated hundreds of times. And I want you to listen to his prayer as he discerns. The most dangerous disease in the, of the world is heart trouble. That's what my mother passed away from. Jesus lives in the heart also. He is the strength of your heart. Do you believe that? Come here. Brother Bram has a patient with him now. Now he goes. You've got a nervous heart. Watch what he does. Lord, 
quieten the nerves of this mortal being standing here. How many of you deals with nervousness? Just be real honest now. How many of you deals with nervousness? I want, I want you to listen to this. I want you to listen to this, this thought now, this sermon, this, this part. He kept dealing with me to come to this portion this week, to come to this quote. Who's your God? I'd like for you to raise your hands while this quote is going forward. Lord, quieten the nerves of this mortal being standing here. You who have quietened the ways of the sea that night and said, peace be still, and a great calm swept over. Everlasting wings folded their wings, winds folded their wings and sounded to the bottom of the sea it was nestled asleep at peace while the master of the sea crossed to heal the sick. Peace to this woman tonight, Lord. And in a representative way, I lay my hands upon her and say to these nerves, to the heart that's jumping and flashing, be still. Be still. Be still. Obey the commandments of the Lord Jesus Christ as he speaks it from his word. I ask for this heart to quieten and these nerves to quieten in the name of the Son of God, Jesus Christ, whom I represent. Amen. Now look how quiet you are now. See how you've quietened? Now you can go and be well. Be made well. Go. You feel different now. It's because you're healed. Let's say praise be to God. Almighty God. Lord Jesus, tonight you see the list that is among us even now. You see situations that are going on that only maybe even you know about, Father. And we've cried to the Lord for answers and we've prayed. And God, I ask you right now that our voice can come through the blood of Jesus Christ like an eagle screaming for its mate, a baby animal screaming out because of life. Lord Jesus, even today, a baby calf that's been in our woods for, for almost a week found its way to our house. We've looked at it from afar trying to be able to help it, but today we were able to corral that baby calf. And I told Sister Katie and Brother Andrew, I said, Remember what I'm preaching tonight. Can you hear my cry? 
And I remember there was a possum that came to a prophet's door. Today we've got a calf that needs help for life. It'll die if it don't get some help. Lord Jesus, more than a calf or a possum or even an eagle screaming, Lord, we're sitting here tonight and you know our needs. Lord, before a meeting can come and we will help administer healing to an audience of people and visitors as they come. Ministers that will come and preach the gospel, praying and dedicating themselves before the Lord. I heard Brother Tim the other day say, I'm waiting on God. Lord, may that God hear his prayer. But not only just hear his prayer, but on the other end of the line, Lord, hear our prayer tonight, Lord God. Lord, you see sons and daughters that may seem to be in trouble. Remember my son, my mother would scream. Remember my son, regardless of the condition, she would scream out. God, I thank you that you heard my prayer. Jesus standing at, the, at Lazarus' tomb. You said, I thank you, Father, that you heard my prayer. Lord, as I've preached even tonight, you've dealt with young people. I've watched you go to them, deal with their hearts. May they talk to you right there where they're sitting. Would you just minister to them even right now? You could give them a change of law, a walk, a change of king of their hearts. Maybe there's someone here that's just in desperation and only God knows. Would you minister to them right now? Lord, I thank you that you heard my cry. you but this makes me want to come to an altar say God hear my voice hear my need could I invite you tonight maybe those that would say brother Ron God's listening to my call tonight and I need I need him I need him
Megan, you ever, you ever deal with things in your life and Satan tells you, that's not real, that's not real? Isn't that the truth? But he's real to you tonight. He's real to you tonight. And he's standing real close to him. I saw a pit and it was a lamb. A lamb was down in it. 
come up out of that pit and had a hold of that lamb. It came up and it started crawling around my legs like this. I'd never seen it, an animal crawl like that. Not that size and not that power. had a way that he said, Ronald, you really want to get my attention? He said, Ronald, he said, you be sincere. You just stand still. You'll catch the moment that you'll stomp his head. I watched him as he slithered. Jesus, we thank you for your visitation tonight. Lord, no doubt we'll have many, many, many guests that have come over the next couple of weeks. We'll welcome them and shake their hands and be as friendly as we can be to them. Try to help them in life's way to be a better Christian, to let them know that there's a lighthouse on this hill there will be no greater guest than the one that's in the building now. I want you to know, Lord Jesus, you're welcome in this house. Any moment, any time. Lord, I want you to know you're the king of this church. You're the king of my heart. You're the king of my home. You're king here, Father. Lord Jesus, I want you to know you're the king of my life.
Jesus be-